Hello and welcome to episode number 82 of The Third Power. The Third Power number 82. This is your host, Anthony Avatolo. And as always, I'm here with my jubilant co-host, Usman Jamil. Hello. I'm effervescent. Effervescent jubilation, jubilescent? There you go. Jumalacious. Jumalacious. Anyway, <laughs> we are here today to introduce you all to a brand new Magic the Gathering card from Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always exciting to be part of this is our fourth time. It's our fourth rodeo. Yeah. Are the are the bulls getting bigger or smaller? I think the bulls. I think we're just getting uh, better. Uh, we're better riders now. I think than before. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. So I got you know my my chaps are broken in now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that out of the recording. Maybe not. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank Wizards of the Coast for this free preview that we can share with you all. And I think you're going to like it a lot. It, it It's a one of those things we always look for in Cube. Uh, one of those things that we're always excited to uh, talk about and uh, think about and, and debate and figure out if it's good. Uh, Usman, why don't you tell us what is the name of this fabulous magic card. It is called Dragon's Rage Channeler. Ooh. And it is a red one drop. Mana cost of just a red. One drops. It is a uh, 1-1 human shaman. And Usman, why don't you tell us what what it actually does? Because it wouldn't be very good. As cool as the name is, it wouldn't be very good unless it actually did something more than that. Oh, yeah, if it was just like Dragon's Rage Mons Goblin Raiders. (laughs) Mons Uh, Raiders? Yeah. Uh, Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, Surveil 1. In other words, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. And a returning mechanic... Delirium, as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, Dragon's Rage Channeler gets plus two plus two as flying and attacks each combat if able. Nice, because, you know, that's what I always do with my red one drops is leave them back to block, you know, (laughs) especially when they're three, three flyers for one. Nah, you stay back, bro. So it's actually two returning mechanics because, you know, Surveil only just came around in the most recent Ravnica block as well. So we get a double dip of uh, returning mechanics here, both Surveil and Delirium. And, you know, Surveil is not something we see very often on red cards. No, I think it was the Demir mechanic Uh in uh, whichever return Ravnica set that I should know, but I don't. Sorry. (laughs) Return to return to return to Guilds of Ravnica. Was that Sounds the right. first one, or was that the second one? Yeah, I think it was Guilds of Ravnica, and then Ravnica Allegiance was the second, and then War of the Spark. There you go. Yeah, War of the Spark for all you Bostonians <laughs> out there. there you War go. of the Spark. 
Makes it sound like you're talking about Star Trek. War of the Spock. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, plus two, plus two with, like, the Vulcan. Yeah, oh, right. The, the Vulcan, like, live long and prosper thing. It's two, two. Oh, my God, we broke it. Oh, yep. We figured it out. So, so yeah, so Dragon's Rage Channeler is, uh, a you know, one drop, one, one, that turns into a three, three flyer that has some flavor text about having to attack every turn. So, uh, so what do you think about this card? See, to me, when I look at surveil and delirium together, those are two mechanics that work really, really well together, especially if we're talking about, uh, like a, an aggressive red deck that's going to be actively spending its resources anyway. I feel like this is, uh, this is a, can be a prime candidate for inclusion in those, uh, burning red decks that, uh, you know, I often refer to as the uh, fun police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how how well those abilities go together. And I think like before we were recording, or you know, like I think uh, in the past few days, uh, kind of saying how kind of incidentally, it's not hard to get two or three types in the graveyard by, as Evan Irwin would say. By playing magic, you know, just kind of intrinsically happens, you know, naturally. Right, um, doing things, playing the game. Mm-hmm, yeah, like, you know, creatures dying, uh, you know, bolting things, and it just... The first three seem like they'll be the easiest to do, and then the fourth one, I think, may be on the back of Surveil, where, you know, you get it in there. Um, also, which I thought was interesting, too... Something I thought of, you know, just kind of, you know, kind of a shower thought was like, if you cast an instant and you surveil something into the graveyard, you can use that as a combat trick, you know, if your opponent blocks with a 2-2 or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, because the instant's going to give you at least one type if it's not already included, uh, and then your surveil could net you another type. This was the kind of uh, BS that went on in Tarmogoyf battles back in the day. Of like oh, standard yeah. and and uh, few, uh, w- uh, time spiral block, where you know you would do things like um, you know attack with your Tarmogoyf and and they would block and and then you would you know cast the the card that gives your uh, creature plus one plus two. Oh, thrill of the hunt, yeah, yeah. And so you cast thrill of the hunt, and well, yeah, it made their creature a little bit bigger. It made yours also one more toughness. You could also like do the shenanigans by flashing it back and taking the instant out of the graveyard. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there were all these little little tricksy things you can do or uh uh, uh I, I, stone cloaker. Right, exactly. Um one another one that I would use too, uh not last gasp, but it was the tribal instant that gave something plus three minus three. Oh yeah, nameless, nameless, inversion. nameless inversion. So you would nameless inversion, you know, something, and sometimes my own Tarmogoyf, and that something that was attacking you for two or three is now attacking you for seven or eight. You know, and it's just like, whoa, what, like, what just happened? Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> so you know, so there's so there's some amount of shenanigans, and you know, uh, in in cube in general, we've uh, God cards have gotten so good that the combat trick is is not really a thing anymore, right? You have to your combat tricks are like, haha, I had the bolt after all, you know, yeah. and not yeah. like 
hey, this, you know, back in the day, you'd have all kinds of shoot, even might evokes at some point, I think was in my cube, like, ha plus seven, plus seven. Or there was the yeah, split like second one. Right, yeah. exactly. Stonewood invocation. So, you know, you would play stuff like that. And, you know, while we still have a couple that are pretty good that can see some play because they can basically operate as a counterspell, the, uh, that, that intercombat tricksiness has gone away a little bit. So, I, you know, not that it's a huge part of this card, but I still like it as a, a, as a part of it, as a part of its being, you know? Yeah, I... Somebody posted um, kind of like a ranking of the red one drops. So her name is uh, Actus. I can post if she has any socials, but like posted a link of just like the uh, like a kind of approximate ranking of the red one drops, like Goblin Guide, Monastery Swift Spear, you know, being better in burn lists or, you know, more heavy red aggressive mm-hmm. decks, you know, more tempo. Um, Grim Lava Mancer. Being better if you have more fetches or if you have more burn in your deck. Soul Scar Mage, uh, Akuma Hellhound, though like that's mainly dependent on like if you have multiple fetches or you know if you have more of those kind of de- lands. Or go I, I can't. Or... I can't look at Akuma Hellhound and not think of Samurai Jack and think of Aku. Oh yeah, Aku mm-hmm. Hellhound. I wish I could yeah. do the Mako laugh. You know, the, oh, yeah. ah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I love it. Anyway, sorry. That would be my, that would be my altar if I had to do it. Sorry. Continue. Okay. <laughs> so it's like Zergo Bell Striker, uh, Seder, Air Drinker Seder, uh, Falcon Wrath Gorger, and Jackal Pup is kind of like the, mainly the two power ones and Grim Lava Mancer is, essentially. And then a Lightning Berserker, Village Messenger, Fervent Champion, Rigging Runner, which is like better if you have like a lot more one drops. A uh, Foundry D- Street Denizen, pretty similar. A uh, Stromkirk Noble, uh, Gitu Lava Runner, Fanatical Firebrand, Reckless Wave. Well, well, all the disrespect for the Reckless Wave so far down on the list. That yeah, thing attacks I... for three so often when you're not playing with power, <laughs> and you're actually running uh, cards that cost more than one mana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scorch Spitter, Torch Courier, and Skitter of Lizards. And, like, it's, you know, this isn't like a BuzzFeed article. You know, it's like... Right, if you top wanna, 20, you won't believe what's number 12. Yeah, like, if it's, uh, if you, you know, I think, you know, I think it's pretty unanimous, like, what's the best, you know, rank, you know, like, the first tiers, you know, just like the, like, people t- tend to like ranking things these days, you know, like, S tier... You know, S tier, A tier. Oh whatever. right, yeah, we. Uh, that's right. The uh, the ranking thing, the S tier thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I've been trying to think of where I would rank it in this list, and I think it's probably above Lightning Berserker, but I'm not sure how much higher it is. Like, if it's better than Jackal Pup or better better than a Falconrath Gorger, it is very. It's a floor ceiling thing too, right? Like, you know, Jackal Pup, you know, you're always getting a two one for one. I have been made fun of by many a cube uh, person for still respecting the pup and playing the pup, um, you know, for historical reasons as well as it. Hey, man, it's still two drop, (laughs) you know, one. Granted, you you, you get, you know, you get stung pretty hard with it. But, you know, uh, 
you know what you know what you're getting, right? You know what you're getting. You're getting a two power one drop. You don't care that much about your life total. The whole goal is to 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 reduce them. Where I think this card has the ability, it can be a stinker, right? Like yeah, if you cannot hit, right? Right, right. Let's say you have just one of those like creature heavy draws, and it's just like okay, well I'm playing a bunch of creatures. Great. <laughs> I, I played a spell and and oh look it's a it's another creature, huh. so you know there are certainly times where it can be you know uh, doo doo shorts a little bit, but I think the upside is enough and this is why I like reckless wave the upside is enough three power one drops are no joke are no joke at all and while I don't you know the the possibility of this happening on turn two is you know. Magical Christmas Land a bit here. Um, yeah, I, I think the, uh, the 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 ability to give it flying in that mid game when you're you know trying to push through damage or even being able maybe on turn three you are able to get to Delirium. Uh, you know, especially if you're running something like artifact creatures in your deck, right? Bang, there's two types right there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know uh, shock your when I say shock, I don't mean actual shock, but you know, bolt your thing. Oh look. It's an artifact creature. I now have three types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I cracked a fetch on turn one. It is now a 3-3 flyer. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's going to be uh, pretty seldom. I think I think with the uh, the ceiling being as high as it is, I, I, and, you know, I would probably rank it a little higher. Um, the problem is, is that it's, it's what do you value more, right? We've learned that... Uh, People rank things differently based on their opinion of things, right? Some people care way more about the average use case or the floor than they care about the ceiling, you know? So if you're more of a, uh, a floor, you know, floor dweller, then uh, I think it's worse than Jackal Pup. But I think if, if you like to get your head in the clouds once in a while, I think it's, you know, I think it moves up the list a little bit. Yeah, I think it, maybe it's probably between... Maybe like between Seder and Gorger? Yeah, like Gorger's just but you know, another thing too is Gorger's just a very efficient, right? It doesn't it, let's be honest, the whole card just says flavor text. It's just a two you're right, it's just a two power one drop. Two, yeah, know? two two one blank. Right, two one blank. Wait, you have something that interacts with that somehow? Okay. Not maybe <laughs> you know, uh very corner busy. I think I had it happen once. Right. And, you know, how many games of Cube have you played since that set came out? You know uh, what I mean? Lot. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, few and far between. So, like, mm-hmm. the, I, I think the, you know, so maybe it's higher than that. You know, I think so. Fire Drinker Seder, like, how often is that? Are you actually using the pumping effect? You know what I mean? To 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 do something on an attack where you need to pump it. So you know, it could be as high. I I really like Zergo Bell Striker, so I'd probably slot it below there. But maybe it's as high as that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, One thing I did want to say also before I forgot is, um, do you remember uh, Tattermunch Maniac? And of course. The article for it. Heck yeah. And like in the preview article, and I'll link it in the show notes. Hopefully, hopefully I remember. <laughs> but <laughs> um, when Mike Flores was sent the preview card uh, for Tattermunch Maniac, which is 
for those who aren't old. It's a green slash red hybrid for two one goblin. It's either goblin warrior or goblin berserker. But its drawback was you had to attack each turn with it. It is a goblin warrior. Okay. Okay. I was close. That was my first guess, too. So we'll say I got it. <laughs> he had a fancy uh, skull helmet on his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it He's shows up to one meal wearing the carcass of the last. Yep. Yep. It killed something or another. But, like, in the, the email that Mike Flores got was just, like, I think it was, like, just yes, really. I think that was the entire email because at the time it was pretty unheard of to see a creature of that efficiency come back. And I would say, apologies, my cat decided to attack something. <laughs> but, uh. It's on brand. It's on brand. I was about to say it is on brand, yeah. Maybe, maybe he was forced to attack. Yeah. The, the name of the article is Yes, comma, Really. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, uh, drawback sometimes, it's not, I mean, it, it is in line with how red aggressive decks want to play. Like, you know, you pretty much, like, I would say, conservatively, I'd say 70% of the time you want to be attacking, but it's probably closer to, like, 80 or you just want to keep attacking or 90%, where it's just like, all right, whatever, just keep attacking. But there's times when it can be bad, especially in the mid-range matchups, where they have just like a bunch of bailoffs and drills just like, I, all right. Right, attack. but, you know, right, as a 1-1, one, one, right, not that big a deal. Or are, are we still yeah. talking about Tattermunge Maniac? Yeah, we're still talking about Oh, okay, that. sorry, 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 continue. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> in that case, like, I guess a good part of the drawback, even though it's still mainly drawback in that scenario is like your opponent has to respect the, the creature getting finished off with like a bolt or a shock or something like right. four, four or whatever but i mean for the most part it's still just a drawback but what i like about this creature is that flying helps to get around that drawback yeah it mitigates it for sure yeah and like most of the time like uh the only times I think that's really going to happen is like with dragons or something, or maybe it's just like another big fire. But most of the time, when unless I, people are into playing spiders, I suppose that could be a, a thing too. Yeah, they could they could have some spiders, yeah, or like uh you know like cycling a shark typhoon or something. But I mean, for the most part, it's almost unblockable to become, make it a three three. And I think in terms of I think once you get a crack in with it, it's you know paid for itself. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it was funny. Like when I got this, uh, you know, got the the, the card. Um, I didn't see it until a while later. After I got it sent, it was like uh, it was like um, I was just several hours later. I think it was like maybe five or so hours later, and someone was like, "Hey, congrats on the preview." I'm like, "Wait, what?" What is ah. this? <laughs> and then I check, and I was like, oh. And, you know, it was pretty late, and I was setting up something, you know, setting up a computer at the time, so my brain was just kind of all over the place, and, it, you know, just digesting it the whole time, which, which I definitely do during preview season. You know, just, like, see a card, and I'll make, like, an impression, and then, you know, it'll just kind of ruminate in your brain. And this card just had so many layers. I was like, 
Okay, so it's it's an aggressive creature, but how often will you hit delirium? And like, how useful is the the surveil? And how good is that for aggressive decks? That too, which is like helps filter your bad draws. Like that's that's really good, and you don't tend to see it often in in red aggressive cards outside of like magma jet. Right, and that's one of the reasons why, to this day, I still play Magma Jet, because getting card selection and red's not really a thing that happens. Um, and uh, that's the other thing about this card, is even after it's kind of achieved, it's done its you know thing, right? It's already a 3-3. You still get to surveil. And, you know, one of the, you know, as we all know, one of the parts of, you know, attacking with red decks is, is you know, closing. And by being able to cast spells and continue to search for gas and continue to try to find things is is pretty good. Also, let's not downplay uh, too much the fact that it, well, it's a human. That matters, oh, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the, that's the one tribal, uh, you know, interaction that I think uh, just about everybody probably has in their cube. Um, you know, I, I actually had... Uh, guest starred uh, on an episode of, of Sully Singleton. And we talked about the same thing about humans. Like, Hey, here's this archetype that you probably have that you don't even realize you have, or Hey, by the way, try adding these two cards and you're going to see like, Oh wow. We have a whole sub theme now, like this tribal sub theme, you know, hmm. we can, we can leave it to, you know, the, uh, the universe, whether or not we're tired of the fact that every universe seems to have humans. And that they always seem to appear. I suppose if we were Merfolk, Merfolk would appear in every uh, magic universe too, but since yeah. we are humans, I think, I like, you know. Human representation in sets is it doesn't seem like it's it seems like it's a natural fit for most most environments. Like it never feels like, wait, what are they doing here? Like, you know, if you were to see Yeah, I think Lorwyn was one of the few that didn't, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that was that's exactly what came to mind, I think, was Lorwyn um, I think that's the main one I can think of. Even Akoria, which was you know the the realm of monsters or whatever, still had humans as the, as the like, human you know, dinosaur the team team up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same in Ixalan. Um, yeah, I think that was the the last block I can right, think Ixalan. about humans. R- wrong eye set. You said Akoria, oh. and I just talked about Ixalan. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was kind of the same kind of thing where it was like you had the humans who were kind of like the the everyman. Kind of thing. Versus then, the mutated creatures who could not mutate humans. Yeah. Yeah, or just like, you know, the big the big monster, you know, just like the Inacoria, you know, like the monsters essentially in, in Ixlon, mm-hmm. it was like the dinosaurs and like the uh vampires and Merfolk and whatever. There's probably some other tribes too that I can't remember, but I think those are the big ones that I can think of. Yeah, so like I said, the, the human the human means something because you know with if you're in a red white aggressive deck, you may have you know Atalia's lieutenant, and all of a sudden instead of having a three three flyer, you now have a four four flyer, which is the fourth power and toughness mean a lot. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or going just from, like, going like a metallic mimic, which is nice because it if it oh, dies, yeah. it works with the uh... oh yeah, oh right exactly. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. do some other weird stuff too. Like you can cast a walking ballista or hanger back for zero. Right. Just to like give it the, the two uh, types or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know how often that's going to be the right play, but I mean, it's... it's you maybe. could. Yeah. I ain't going to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe you include, you know, maybe you like types. You know, I, I, I have no doubt that there are uh, considerations of cubes out there that are running things like Seal of Fire and running things like Tar Fire and stuff like that. I was just going to say Seal of Fire. Yeah, I mean, yep. I've seen that cube set before, and it's yeah, it's a very the, good fit for the red aggressive decks, too, to just play to the board. And it's just like... I think that was the old saying was like if you have a like somebody's at ten, but if you have a seal of fire in play, they're they're actually at eight. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh yeah. It was. Or if you had an arc slogger in play, they were basically at you know <laughs> minus eight. If you got yeah, to untap I, with it, I was telling some of the youngsters about about arc slogger recently. Oh. Yeah, I guess there's too much hot fire. It, they had, they're putting out the fire for doing two damage. <laughs> but I, think I think it was like, what? What is this? I'm like, you don't understand, people, how good Arc Slogger was at <laughs> the card. It was, it was something. Yeah, it was. It was just insanity. Like, especially too. in 60 card formats, because you got that many more shocks out of it. You know, you mm-hmm. got two more full shocks out of it. Like that card, it represented winning the game so often if you got to untap with it. I mean, even in limited, just having like free shocks, you know, which often you, you know, you could squeeze two out of it, you know, in a, in a limited format easily enough. Like it, it meant a lot. Now, granted, yeah. that card looks super embarrassing by today's standards, right? As far as oh, like speed sure. and what we're talking about, but. Uh, good uh, the card was just bonkers like just yeah. bonkers it's like looking at jade leech now <laughs> and, like people were just probably look, if they were to look at it now in the context of modern creatures like who would play this i mean urnum gin oh yeah good old good old urnum and burnum good old right see that on topic burnum mm mm-hmm. Speaking of on topic, yeah. I totally ruined that segue, didn't I? <laughs> that was, that speaking, of, speaking of on topic, here's something off topic. You should, here, take two. You ready? Your line is speaking of on brand. Boop. Oh, yeah. And take two. two. All right. So um, speaking of on brand, you remember when I talked about uh, Topo Chico for the first time? On yes. The podcast. Yes, and I enjoyed one uh, not too long afterwards. Yes, remember how I described it? I, while I have a recollection of it, please. Said it Post. was the Goblin Guide of Sparkling Beverages. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, it is on topics too. It is, <laughs> and it's going to be on brand. Yeah. yeah. So to celebrate this creature, I. Ooh. I think I teased it to you before that it's a old drink with yes. a twist. Oh, so it's a Topo Chico, with some cranberry juice in it because it's red. Oh, and look at you! In the fridge. Aren't you fancy? Yeah, a- and and healthy. Uh, you said cranberry juice mm-hmm. a- and healthy kidney slash bladders. Very nice. Oh yeah. yeah. I-, I like how I said kidney and bladders instead of kidneys and bladder. Oh yeah, yeah. I Got mean, maybe I'm an alien. I don't know. That yeah, 
Well, it makes sense if that if that was the case. I, you know, I, I don't know if you're some sort of like sleeper cell agent. I mean, you have a cat with way too many toes. You know, mm-hmm. I you know who knows what kind of experiments you're running over there. That's true. He's you got you got one cat who's like you know short on ear, short on mm-hmm. ear ear matter. You have one with extra toes. You know, I look. It's not for me to judge. He might be like descended from Thai royalty. Did I ever talk about that before? No, I don't think you have. I okay. would have surely remembered that. Fans oh, of the okay. podcast are screaming right now. Of, of course you did. No, I have. I know I haven't. I, I uh, like there's this um this breed of cat called Kaumani, which is this uh breed of white cat that's native okay. to Thailand. And apparently they were bred by Thai royalty and were kept in pretty much just in Thailand. And they hmm. I think somebody brought one in, was a breeder, in to the U.S. in 1999. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Cad, his name is Merlin. He's He seems to have a lot of the traits of Kalmani's. Like, he has long tail, kind of has, like, the face... Uh, he kind of has the same kind of mannerisms, or he could just be a white cat. I don't know. He he could just be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> or hear me out. He might just be a cat. <laughs> might just be just a cat. I don't know. High <laughs> royalty or just a cat? Who who knows? Taking a look at some right now. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Cow. So K H A O is the first mm-hmm. word. Cow, and then money. M A N E E. I think in Thai it means like white gem or white diamond or something. Uh, all the ones they're showing have like the the one blue eye, one green eye thing going. Yeah, I think that's like the most desired one, but but Merlin uh-huh. just has like two like green. Right. Well, and and you know that's the thing, right? Pure white cats have the uh, they're deaf in their blue eyed ear. Yeah, which is weird. Like that was one of the first things we checked was to see if he was deaf, and he doesn't really have any hearing issues. That's good. Hmm? He's just missing part of an ear. So how is your how is your kidney friendly friendly beverage over there? It's about what I would expect. A little bit of cranberry with a lot of bubbles. Ah. So I like also I have a beverage to help celebrate our continuing previews. Thank you again, Wizards of the Coast, for the free preview. Uh, oh, so so last time I had I can't remember what flavor it was I had last time. Um but it's like this, it had a cat on it. Yes, and so yeah, right. It had like the little like cat with like the soda jerk hat. So this one has a raccoon with the soda jerk hat. It is the same company. It's Cannonborough Craft Soda, and the flavor is grapefruit elderflower. Oh, okay, Let's so hope this it, isn't dandelion and burdock part two. Right, correct. So it also has some. Uh, I can't look at elderflower and not think of uh, you know Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That your father smelt of elderberries. Oh yeah, your mother was a hamster. All right, so let's uh pop this baby open here, and let's see a little ASMR for you all. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Hmm. So it's actually very clean tasting. And then at the end, you just get a little tiny little bit of like the grapefruit bitterness on the end. But it's not overwhelming. You know, that overwhelming flavor, you know, the reason why I don't eat grapefruit because they're 
They're a bit strong. Um, that's actually pretty good. And it doesn't have the nice part is, you know, like a lot of sodas, you have just that really sweet aftertaste that's left in your mouth. And it kind of, I wouldn't say ruins whatever it is that you're eating next or tasting next, but it kind of just has that almost, you know, that just that sweet flavor in your mouth that isn't super desirable. I'm not getting that yeah. now. Oh, nice. It actually just yeah. it here. It seems to happen more with sodas that use corn syrup. Mm. That makes sense. Like if you've had Mexican Coke, oh it's, yeah, it's kind of similar where it doesn't yeah, really have sugar. that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this. This is also cane sugar. Makes sense. Oh. I kind of figured from from the way the bottle looked that it was one of those we use. Oh yeah, cane craft sugar kind of soda. Oh yeah, craft soda. They wouldn't yeah. deem to lower themselves to using you know corn syrup. Yeah, I was about to say if they did, they would. They would be in danger if the people found out. By the way, according to the Google Mobile, a Kalmani cat costs about eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, purebreds are expensive, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of doubt that he is one of those. I mean, he was like a feral cat, and it's like he was his feral side doesn't come out until he goes to the vet. He, oh, he hates going to the vet. Like he'll hiss. Right, like the, it's like having a different cat. Like, who are you? Yeah, I remember we were talking him up, like on you know to the vet, and then once they tried to start doing anything, he would hiss and growl and not be happy. Mm. It's like, well, but you know, every other time, you know, when he's at home, he's like the sweetest cat. You know, he just oh yeah. He tried making. I don't know if uh, longtime listeners will remember me talking about Luca, our uh, old calico cat. Uh, she was like. She was an old lady when we got her, mm-hmm. when we, she was like about 10, but she lived to be about 15. She was about 13 when we got Merlin, and, you know, she was she was the boss, mm-hmm. and the boys were were not the boss, and, but he still <laughs> tried to be friends. Hey, yo, whoa, friends. hey, Angela, Mona, <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. in the middle of my Tony Danza impersonation, I forgot the name of Luca. Luca! Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but he tried to be friends with her, you know, just like there was one time when he was feeling sick and he like he rest. He was feeling really bad. You know, we had a vet scheduled appointment and but, you know, he rested his head on her. She was asleep. Yeah. And we thought it was like, you know, a Christmas miracle. And then she woke up <laughs> <laughs> and delivered the beat down. She, she hissed at him several times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you crazy? Do you know who I am? It's like, what is this? He's like, um, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a sweet cat. They're both, both those cats are just, yeah, they're great. Oh, man. It's become right. a meme for like me playing, uh, you know, greedy ducks to be chrono ducks and, are you familiar? Actually, you referenced this earlier today on Twitter. Um, are you familiar with the trope of uh, flanderization? I don't. I mentioned it, and I don't <laughs> know what it was. Okay. No, what? What? So it's you know it's uh, named for you know Ned Flanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when somebody has you know a character a character trait like you know like in the beginning of The Simpsons, you know. Ned Flanders was 
meant to be kind of like the opposite of Homer Simpson. You're just like, you mm-hmm. know, very laid back and like him being religious was just like a part of his character. It wasn't right. Like, but then it just became more and more emphasized, like caricatured yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like how I feel like I've been with my greedy splashed chrono decks where it's just like, I'll splash Dalkin shackles in my five color deck, which I've done twice. <laughs> now to be fair, I've also, uh, I, I, I'm the person that has splashed Maloku upheaval into his mono red deck before. Okay, that, that's legit. <laughs> it was, as it turned out, it wasn't very aggressive. It was kind of mid-rangey. So, I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> it's we, didn't, mana. We, didn't, we didn't have as many one-drops back then as we do now. And, you know, my Maloku is a uh, Spanish Maloku, so it makes two twos. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, True. I just... Took up evil first pick out of the third pack because there was nothing for me. I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, eh. yellow. exactly. It was fun because <laughs> we were like blue, and then like I just wouldn't play anything blue for a really long time. Yeah, like what is this? I think one person cool. I got to up, I got to upheaval and then cast Goblin Guide afterwards, and they're like, "What is happening? This is the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen." I'm like, by the way, take two. Oh, you got another land. Right. Oh, what a shame you'll have to discard it. (laughs) Uh, I think it's become like a meme for me to like splash, like censor, and it's like splash Agadim's Awakening. And that uh, it's like, I'll just splash this Golgari card in my Jeskai deck. It's become just like this complete Flanderization that I've just done. You know, I'm just like, I'm just playing these t- these wonky splash decks. Right, just lean into it at this point. Yeah. I was about so, to say, like, I... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I have just become the, you know, I just, I've embraced it like full force. And, like, I think it's all started because, you know, Chrono has multiple uh, digits, you know, being polydactyl. And I guess that's the theme is that, you know, being greedy and playing lots of colors and, and whatnot. Needing all of the toes. I think I texted somebody at 11 because I think we were drafting his cube and, you know, he had gone to sleep. We were just drafting his cube and I worldly counseled for five. I think I sent him a message on discord at like 11 his time. And I realized it right after I'm like, Oh, you know, just like, Oh no. (laughs) I was like, Oh no. I did it at 11. I was like, Oh, well, (laughs) Oh well, here you go. Yeah, some of us aren't full adults yet and are still awake at 11. Oh yeah, I sleep at 10. I'm ugh. I just so don't bad. I just don't sleep. Even in, you know, I I leave at 7 a.m. to go to work and I still don't sleep until 12 or 1. So, you know. It's fair. It's just one of those things. Hey, speaking of red blue, since we were both talking about that, um you know, one of the, the, the main things, at least that I uh, have tried to do with my cube uh, kind of going forward uh, is to come up with uh, red to do other things besides attack for two and and cast lightning bolts or whatever. Right. And uh, and, and how could this creature, um, this here uh, Dragon's Rage Chandler, fit into those different types of archetypes. And I think a very popular one that you'll see uh, across, you know, not only cubes, uh, but, you know, in multiple formats as well, is just like that usually red, red, blue spells matter deck. And 
I think this card fits wonderfully in that deck. Yeah. By the way, that that's the real segue. Mine was it meandered. <laughs> Talking about cats and <laughs> You just took the scenic route, that's all. Yeah, I was about to say that's like the very scenic route, yeah. That was Yeah, and I think it fits very organically. Like I'm a little disappointed that this isn't a wizard. Like it's a yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot of seems like primary spellcaster tribe of red is like shamans, and then secondaries wizards. Mm-hmm. It's like well, sh- shamans are like the green red tribe, right? Where wizards are like the blue red tribe. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. White is like clerics. Green like druids. Yeah, sounds about right. Black. I was about to say, I don't know. Black is now warlocks. Although, yeah, warlocks, know. necromancers, or what is is what are the necromancers all warlocks? Uh they may now. have changed. It. Is what about what about uh, you know we've we've gotten some some new necromancers uh, posted here recently. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know if it's type necromancer. I think it might just be wizard. I don't know. Let's see. It's a warlock. You're right. It is warlock. So there you go. For for which one? For uh, uh, yet another new card that had come out that that I had seen previously, which was a young young necromancer. Oh yeah, a yeah. warlock. So so you were right. It is uh, warlocks are in black. So yeah, you got it. You got it about right. So yeah, I wanted it to be a wizard. You know, hey, if it was blue. Red hybrid wizard or shaman, it would be a purple shaman. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I thought Just you were going to say like something about it being weird, being like the the weird type. Nope, from Ravnica. I'm just stretching for an inside joke about you know one of your screen names. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and in that Spells Matter deck, right, so it, it can, like, very organically be a wizard deck, because we've gotten a lot of that stuff recently. Um, we've gotten, I mean, uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that, Sprite Dragon. I don't know if you've looked at Sprite Dragon recently. Sprite Dragon's like a $5 card. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. All, I knew, all I knew that it was an uncommon wild card on Arena. And that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, IRL, it's, you know, was was printed in a set that, that didn't, you know, that happened right at the beginning of the pandemic. It is uh, a prominent feature in the red-blue Delver decks in Legacy. I believe it's also that that similar type of deck is uh, exists in Modern as well and is fairly popular. So, uh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's exactly spells matter. Let's say yeah, same in historic with the uh, the Phoenix deck. Mm, right, right, exactly. You know, it just slots in. You know, it's not uncommon for it to be like a five five. That wasn't and, even an intentional pawn. Wow, uncommon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a uh, knee slapper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it also like works really well. Yeah, and like those kind of over those kind of Xerox decks where. I don't know how often it's going to, you know, like, and again, I guess it could, just incidentally, where instead of creatures being one of the incidental types, it'll probably be, like, instance and sorceries being, like, your two base that you can rely upon in those Xerox decks, and then you, maybe you mize, like, 
creature or something as your yeah like you can certainly and you know there are a bunch of uh you know, spells matter cards. You know, some of them are, are very, you know, uh, typical in cubes, right? You mentioned two of them earlier, Monastery Swift Spear, Soulscar Mage. You know, those are two that you're going to see, you know, time and again. Um, but, you know, it doesn't take much that if you want to lean your blue-red section that direction, like, there's some pretty decent cards. Like, you know, if you want to push that whole thing. Uh, you can get rewarded by playing some cards that, let's say, you enjoy playing them in uh, constructed formats. You can play a Metamorphose in your deck, right? Like, it's just, you just play with a 39-card deck, right, instead of a 40-card deck. Um, I enjoy, you know, I, I think I play a Bedlam Reveler in my cube because I just like it as a card. And I kind of like what yeah. it does. It's also a prowess card, right? Um, a lot of, you know, the other big thing in red, too, is, you know, we have what I, I, I kind of refer to as, like, Chandra card drawing, which is the, oh, like... Yeah, the yellow draw? Yeah, like the exile, your top card of your deck. Hope <laughs> you can cast it, you know, type of draws. You know, we have... That's on a lot of Chandras. It's on... There's the uh, the 2-1 prowess guy from the core set. What's his name? He's a human. I should feel like I know this. What, 2-1 Prowess? I believe he's 2-1 Prowess. When you when he comes into play, you reveal the top card of your deck, and you can play it. You have to just, you know, play oh, the card. Well, I can't yeah. think of its name. Uh, Abbot of Carol Cape? Yeah. Abbot. That's a joke for really old people. Um, so, you know, like Abbot of Carol Keep kind of leans towards that. Um, there was the There's the four mana enchantment. Also, right, that was you can choose cons or uh, dragons, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, or, ooh, there's also the one uh, from said Ravnica block where you get to like play with your top card revealed. Oh, yeah, Chandra, what, Fire Artisan? Oh, there's also, yeah, Experimental Frenzy, right? Or Experimental, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's like all these cards that help support like playing more cards per turn. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. without it being explicitly card drawing. But, you know, most cubes play Faithful Saluting already. You know, that's a good card. That's a way to get value out of your Falconrath Gorger. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's how I got my one-off one Vampire Madness. I think maybe it was with Looting. Right, you, like, discarded the Stromkirk Noble or whatever. It's like, ha <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like that, or yeah, madness. Yeah, it was like achievement unlock. Right, 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 right. We did it. So you know, you can also touch you know white because you know you get monastery mentor in white (laughs) for that deck. You know, or uh, of course young pyromancer, and you know, there's all kinds of neat things you can do. So the spells matter deck is, I think, much like the humans deck that it can just kind of come together. Without you realizing it, you just have a bunch of synergistic cards that if you wanted to, you can just kind of, you know, drop a couple extra in there and full-on support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like multitasker kind of cards, which work with a lot of things, incidentally. Which I think I think is something I really like about, about this creature, is it, it tends to work incidentally with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's, Yeah. So give it the, give it the thumbs up. Nice. Yeah. Let's uh. So so other things red can do right. So we're going to move a little further away now from maybe what necessarily uh, this card can belong to, but maybe not. So like the the next like uh, 
real main focus a lot of times of red is just like the artifact deck. Now, this a lot of times also pairs with blue pretty well. Um, but, you know, just doing artifacty things, right? Like, uh, I, I still contend that Goblin Welder might be one of the most powerful creatures in the history of magic. Just because you can literally create, you know, five, you know, five plus mana a turn just by mm. tapping it. So I forget if I ever told, I, I'm pretty sure I did. I probably told the story of when we had the, uh, the MCQ here, I think it was like 2013. Okay. And you know, we, it was, it was one of the last major events for magic here, which says a lot. And, you know, we did a cube draft with some people and somebody, one of my friends drafted a, essentially birthing pod deck you know birthing pod survival kind of deck i know it at least had birthing pod and you know essentially he was like yeah this is pretty much survival with modern creatures and i was like yeah that makes sense so like you know what after the draft was done you know after i got home you know like a week or so after when i got to shuffling my cube i was like i'm gonna go split my cube up and see how many look at the creature non creature distribution and then you know just looked at it and it, it i think it skewed more towards creatures by a not a huge margin but like a decent amount and then uh-huh. like when i was looking at the creatures like so many of them were modern border and i was like let's, let's dig a little deeper let's see how many creatures are old border versus new border and like 80%, if not like 90%, were modern border creatures. And oh, the yeah. Old border, the old border creatures were mostly like the, the quote-unquote broken creatures, but they weren't ones that were just piles of stats. There were ones that did something inherently strong, like Mother of Runes or Birds of Paradise or Goblin Welder, because we're not going to do anything like that, I don't think. You could say like Goblin Engineer is in that vein, but you can't like bring back a mere battle sphere with no a Goblin you can't. Engineer. You know, you Goblin Engineer is you know obviously just the fixed version of Goblin Welder, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, there is a you know Goblin Welder. You get to do all kinds of like shenanigans, like you know uh, when we did the survival cube draft, where I just basically got to take. Uh, Sam Stoddard, formerly of uh, Wizards R&D, I got to take, like, seven of his eight turns against him just mm-hmm. because I played you got to ca- catch them all with the Signets. And literally, I just, like, took a bunch of his turns without having an infinite way to bring, keep bringing back Mindslaver. So I just, like, eh, oh, get, rid of, yeah. get rid of this. Uh, tap this Signet. All right, get rid of it. Oh, look, Mindslaver, take your turn. All right, let's sacrifice this land with uh, Knight of the Reliquary. Oh, uh, oh, we found a fetch land. Okay, let's crack this fetch, lose one. Oh, I didn't find any lands. Man, that sucks. All right, you know, mm-hmm. attack this, you know, little dude into my guy. Oh, why'd you do that? Okay, fine, I'll block. You know, just and just... <laughs> You know, that was super amusing to me. But, like, you think about how much mana, like, every turn it's just, like, generating tons of mana. And that's, like I said, not even including things like, you know, being able to keep bringing back a worm coil engine or keep bringing back a battle ball or, you know, you know, or, uh, uh, ancient stone idol or whatever it's called. You know, what all these, like, ridiculous things you can do with it, especially if you have another way to be sacrificing artifacts as well, 
right? So that you can, you know, here's this giant thing that costs a million. It also comes with all these little, like, tokens. Okay, well, now this other card's going to sacrifice the big thing. And then now I can sacrifice one of the little things to bring the big thing back, right? So cards like, you know, that, again, very naturally see play. Things like Pia and Kira and Nalar, uh, Pia and Nalar, um, Retrofitter Foundry, right? Uh, stuff like that can can play really well into kind of keeping it going, uh, much like it, it kind of does its best, uh, uh, you know, sur- uh, recurring nightmare impersonation, which, as we all know, is a completely fair and balanced magic card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you have the Durettis too, right? The Durettis also, you know, do some of that stuff as well. We've gotten some some decent planeswalkers that can, you know continue the the you know the, the those i i'm not you know i'm not into playing trash for treasure but if trash for treasure is on my uh planeswalker that i get to activate you know every turn yeah i'm okay with that yeah i was about to say if you if you give it ability you know it's, it works so you know so that's another thing you know red can do i'm not sure like again you know these are uh other identities obviously this one's a little slower but has the potential for doing like you know pretty good story equity type things hmm. yeah and if it's like an artifact creature you're, you're halfway there to getting delirium yes that it, exactly exactly Shoot, you can uh, just you, you know put, say, put a big. I thought you were going to do like a living on a prayer. Oh, I almost did. I bit it back. I want you to know, I actually bit back the Bon Jovi impersonation to keep talking. <laughs> I swear to you, I did because in me in my mind, I was like, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> the John Stockton layup. I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, and I just I bit it back. I bit it back. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's okay. Oh God, it's, it's all right. But it literally went through my head, and I'm like. <laughs> I've used this one too often. So, yeah, we, you're, you're halfway there. Yep. So, uh, so other uh, other red things you can do. Um, you know, uh, traditionally a, a, a classic cube archetype, speaking of artifact mana, was the wildfire deck, right? Not, not exactly a super winning strategy these days, but can still be pretty fun, right? Mana rocks, wildfire, burning of uh, Genie, you know, uh, dragons and things like that, right? Or planeswalkers, so that you can continue to 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 not feel that symmetrical effect. You know, it's a it's a two one deck. Yeah, yeah uh, a two one one two deck, but it's also a fun thing to do. That again. Uh, a lot of you are playing mana rocks, right? Whether they be talismans or signets or you know whatever it is, and. You know, there there are some dragons to be had that that survive uh, afterwards, and you know, it, it's a again a very natural fit just by adding a couple of cards that you could try out. Yeah, I mean, I think also just like red blue control, like you know, like the is it based and it was like Grix's control or oh yeah sky, like I think that you know works with that too. Um, and, and like this doesn't die it dies to your sweepers three damage ones, although it lives, it can live through pyroclasms. Like, that's, that's true. Actual pyroclasm, do. that it does. Yeah, like, with that, and like, whip flare, and I think whip your flare back and forth. Whip your flare <laughs> back and forth. I wasn't going to turn that one down, I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, that makes sense. In um, the air, back and forth. Um, I don't know if I would put this creature in that kind of deck. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> not, right, not, that's uh, the uh, <laughs> that's the, the the thing. But, hey, at least it flies, right? Like, you can horse quake for two. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> people will still play regular earthquake. It's been a hot minute since I've seen that. Yeah. List. You can just upgrade to horse quake. Yeah, that's true. It just came out not that I don't. I wonder what a uh, a rolling earthquake is nowadays because you know we had a a nice cheap one in uh, in a recent set. You yeah, know whatever. there was From the vault annihilation mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't right. Think it's so we much, but we had uh, a nice cheap one. So I wonder uh, where we are now. Back up. Hiya. It is a whopping three dollars. Yeah, the P three K one seventy eight. A little, little higher, a little higher. It used to be like two hundred. By the way, oh yeah. By the way, it's also in double masters, so right. you can get yeah. it for the cheap, cheap price of ninety six cents. Nice. Yeah, card's good. Right. I mean, look, it's a little off flavor. It's a little weird on the flavor, right? Like that this earthquake, you know, hits flyers but doesn't hit horses, and you probably don't have very many horses in your. You know, in your queue. But if you're see. just looking for efficiency, that's kind of where it is. And and I think, yeah, that control archetype, which probably doesn't play it. You know, you mentioned the uh, the blue-red, right? It, uh, very often it could be Jeskai, right? Jeskai control is a, a thing that pops up in, in constructed formats quite often. Um, we found that in some of the early days of some of the control decks in my cube that uh, it was a lot of times was just like white-red board control. So just like with infinite amount amounts of removal and mass removal um, with big finishers. So, you know, that's something else your red decks can do. But, you know, because obviously you have the removal already, right? So you're you're fighting for all of the uh, the lightning bolts and the, you know, uh, you know, all your three damage spells or whatever. But, you know, those kill creatures just fine out of the control deck, too. And then you can also kind of help support it with a little more, a little higher on the back end, you know, uh, a a very, uh, again, perhaps a little outdated, uh, things like Inferno Titan, um, some of the larger dragons. You know, we have some five-drop drag, you know, five-drop and up dragons that can be pretty good. So... Ones that deal that, you know, have come into play triggers, so you can even, like, you know, get away with, you know, running some blink shenanigans, especially if you have that Jeskai build. Yeah. That's the fun thing about cute, man. There's just all kinds of stuff you can do. Granted, I don't think this card necessarily fits in that style of deck, but hey. No, I was about to say, maybe you could side it in versus the aggressive decks if you really need something that trades with a 2-1. I mean, sure. I mean, some... Shoot, sometimes you just need just need speed bumps, right? Like I was about to say, yeah, just like block. Please. <laughs> right. If you cast it after equilibrium or getting delirium and then it has to attack and then it's like uh oh. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're at that point with the control deck, you're, you're probably, probably on <laughs> either oh, yeah. one, you're on thin ground and you were dying anyway. On thin ice, I should say. No, no you know. Uh, I, I don't like snowlands. Um, but either you're on thin ice already, or you are probably winning already. 
if you've made it to that point, you know? So, oh no, my one drop 3-3 three, three has to attack. But you have no cards in hand. Oh well. Good thing I have this counter spell in my hand. I wonder what will happen if you try to play something that matters. Hmm. Yep. wonder if I could tell the future. And surveil. Oh, oh. oh my god, you get to counterspell and then surveil? Oh my god, this is... That's gross, yeah, you can build your own... Gross! Uh, is that, I, should, I feel like I should know this because I played it. Uh, the surveil counterspell. Oh yeah, the three-drop one. Yeah, that I can't like, think of the name of. It's one blue-blue. I played it a lot on Arena. A lot. Me too. A lot on Arena. <laughs> I... A man, lot. I should know this. Begins with a D, maybe? I was just saying, it has to start with a D, because I think that's what it was. Um, Sinister Sabotage. Oh, no. Sinister Sabotage. Sorry. It doesn't even have a D in it. I thought it did, too. I thought it was a <laughs> dissipate, dissolve. Right. Right. Because <laughs> every other counterspell has a D in it. Yeah. If it's a three-mana <laughs> counterspell, it starts with D. Yeah. Sinister Sabotage. They even came out with a fancy version of it, like a little FNM version with a funky border mm-hmm. for people to yeah. play with. Yeah, Hold I played that. <laughs> it's the same amount of mana too. If you Slightly different command. color, right? What's one and one? one? Then. <laughs> <laughs> you surveil and then you cryptic. Yeah, because it's when you cast it, right? You get to surveil, yeah. mm-hmm. so you get to tell whether or not you get to you. You know, wh- oh man, this is great. Build your own uh, upgrade your draw to an opt. See that. That's what it's all about. Finding wow. that extra value. In my cryptic command, uh, this creature deck. Yeah, because of... <laughs> so, decks like that are what made me actually take the filter lands out of my cube long ago. Because oh, they were yeah. just like too many... You know, if you remember the days of uh, Standard back in the day, there were like the five-color control decks that oh, were casting like... Yeah, they were casting, like, double white on turn two, triple blue on turn four, and, like, quad green on turn yeah, six or whatever. Plumevale like uh, Cryptic Command, Cloud Thresher, Cruel Ultimatum. Trying to remember what other greedy stuff was in the deck. I think well, you out. Yeah, you also had, yeah, because you, you had to find a way to kill, uh, uh, what's, uh, it had a... Uh, was it volcanic or was it the one that was modal that you can either do red for the ground or green for the air or oh, both? Um, I think they mainly played fire spout, but if like, yeah, fire spout, that's the name. Of it. Yeah. If like fairies were a big thing, I think. Well, and you got to remember people started main decking Magus of the moon against that deck. So you needed a way, oh. a red way to kill Magus of the moon. So you can turn your met, your mana back on. Wow. That was like the, uh, the uh what's his name the vivid land uh reflecting pool format mm-hmm. yep yep and then you can run like filter lands and yeah my my cube started to feel that way back in the day and it just got a little too easy i still do like some of the filter lands especially like uh fetid heath because of the black white uh, one is yeah the pip hungriness of that color combination makes me like that land a lot mhm but yeah. uh, having all ten was a little much, a little much, a little much. I use the interface. Although, 
I'll tell you, splashing for one of the the most fun, going back to your chrono greediness, one of the most fun things about playing some of the, like, non-traditional magic cards, uh, World Knit, is that if you draft World Knit, you can just play all islands and take the Tolkien Shackles and still cast all your spells. Because all your basic lands are islands. It's like, I'll just steal anything. Yeah. I, you know, how many lands do I have? Oh, yeah, that's plenty. So, good stuff. I only have three lands. (laughs) Somehow. Oh, well. I'll steal anything. Hey, yeah, whatever. Give me that Brimaz. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Enjoying the rest of my uh, grapefruit elderflower here. Nice. Shockingly good. A little more sugar than I'm used to drinking, so you know. I'm gonna get a sugar rush. I was about to say hated hated when parents said that. Like you realize like it takes some time for the body to process this, right? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Well, hey, once again, thank you to Wizards for the uh free preview card once again. Uh make sure you check it out. Um we'll I'm sure certainly post uh, you know, pictures with it, with it, with this podcast, so you can see it. Check out the Dragon Rage, Dragons Rage Channeler DRC. Yeah, and, I was just uh, thinking that, like DR. I guess DRS is good against this card. Oh, ooh, yep. it's not. It's not quite DNC, so it's not the Democratic National Convention. It's the Democratic Rage Convention. The Dragon's run, Rage run. Channeler. Artwork's pretty cool, too. For, uh, I was going to go for a Run DMC. Oh, Run DRC? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's if it has haste. If you put, like, boots on it, you know, like uh, Swifty Boots or uh, Lightning Greaves, then it'd be Run DRC. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> Artwork is cool, too. Pretty sure that's a dragon. Looks like the outline of a dragon head in the background. Yeah, it, it seems like it. I guess she's channeling its rage. Well, I hope so. <laughs> or if she's going to die. Maybe it's, right, she's, it's right in the name. Maybe she's attacking into a 5-5 dragon. Right. She doesn't know. That she don't know that she's going like, uh, <laughs> attacking. Right. Hope that, you know, hope that just being angry is enough. It'll be like a, a Ben Stiller's character from Mystery Men. Where his power is like his rage. Oh, but it doesn't really yeah. do anything. What was it 5-2 wall? The 5-2 red wall from uh, Rise Eldrazi? Oh, God. I don't remember the name. Uh, was it a 5-3? It was a 5-3. Was a wall. Unfortunately, that was that was right as I was moving, so I did not get to play with that limited format very much. It was it was interesting. Uh, let me see if I can Rage Nimbus, Rage Nimbus, Angry Cloud it was uh, flavor text always sticks out to me. Uh, with settlement knew there was something strange about the cloud when the old priest Mondly suddenly grabbed an axe and ran screaming into the hills. Such a vivid image. <laughs> oh, and it makes creatures attack into it. Yeah. 
So provokes is provoke attack? No, provoke makes them block, right? Uh, yeah, you like force a creature to block it, or right? It's, yeah, but it's essentially the drawback from dr. Whatever this creature, <laughs> dragon <laughs> droids channeling. Yeah, DR- DRC. There we go. Yeah, that just makes me think of that. It's like this angry priest being like, "Oh, this cards are rare." Rage numbers. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that. It was an annoying card. <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't as annoying as uh, the Vampire Lady, right? I mean, that card was. Oh just... no, Drana was ridiculous. Drana just impossible. There were what two commons that killed it, and they were both in red. Um, like Heat Ray and Flame Slash. The end. I want to say there was like a black removal spell for five mana. It was like three double black something. Was it an uncommon though? I want to say it was common, but. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I just know Drana was some uh, some stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was not uh, a fair yeah. and balanced magic oh, it card. Was an uncommon, yeah, corpse hatch. Yeah, oh, it just see? plays non-black creature. It doesn't even work. See, <laughs> see, I remember. I remember something. I may not remember and, much, like the names of cards as we're talking about them, but I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember not being able to kill that thing. You can give it. You can put guard duty on it. Oh. It can still kill stuff. So <laughs> right, it still has the ability to just kill everything. <laughs> it's like great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a beating. Right, and just a rare, not a mythic, just rare. Yeah, just rare, just rare. Yet, uh, right. Ah, <sighs> uh, yep. Well, you know what's not rare? Me enjoying the time spent with you recording the Aww. third power. These are yeah, these are always fun. Like my enjoyment is not rare. Maybe us recording is a little more rare than we'd like it to be. Recordings are. I thought that's what we were going for. I'm like, no, but my enjoyment is not rare. No, my my enjoyment is common. It is it is quite a common? It is basic land. And uh, and uh, getting these previews is uh, is mythic, and we're hoping that it continues to trend towards rare. Yeah, we have the Drana. Right, we got to get the right Drana power level instead of Emrakul cool power level. Oh, jeez! <laughs> we keep keep dragging this metaphor out until we continue to beat a dead Emriel into the ground. <clears throat> Don't get killed by all those squirrels. Well, you know it's not rolling earthquake that's going to get you. Oh yeah, it's true. It has protection. <laughs> I mean, flavor judge, right? I mean, if it's if you have horsemanship, you don't get hit by this. It's a ho- what has more horsemanship than a horse? I guess it technically it's a unicorn, but oh, yeah, horse tribal. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh <laughs> why don't you uh let everybody know where uh if they would like to talk to you and and ask you more questions about uh expensive uh cats from thailand or uh burdock soda or or hey maybe even cube where can people find you oh sure yeah so um rifle for cool stuff inc com uh a review of m twenty one and this backlog 
Should be going up sometime. Good, good, good. So kind of, <laughs> kind of turns into more and more of a retrospective. I was about to say it's yeah, more of a hey, here's this. I think M twenty one's mostly done, and I think it was like one card that I cared about in in a jumpstart, like that that Phoenix. Oh, okay. For that Phoenix, the two in a red, two two, yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, I'm on Twitter at Usman the Red. I'm on Discord. I can link to some Discords on the show notes. Uh, that's mostly where I talk about magic is on Discord. Although lately, I just talk about cats. <laughs> Exhibit A. C and D. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Well, and uh, you'll find me uh, at Antony42. I'm pretty much Antony42 everywhere, uh, you know, including Discord, although I'm sure there's some extra letters and stuff involved. And I do lots of kind of lurking around and um, just ready to emerge like a beautiful cube butterfly into society again here once uh, things open up and and, and we can game again. I've been... uh, hibernating slash cocooned here for a while. So definitely looking forward to uh, the world opening up and, and getting to play my favorite format with my favorite people. So, yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to start cubing again. I think most everybody in my group has been vaccinated, but like, I also haven't updated my cube since, since we stopped cubing and that's mm-hmm. going to be a, it's going to be a bit of a process with all these sets that came out and are coming out, I should say. But it should be fun. I'll just... Just got to do it. But I'll do it. Yeah. Well, then. You can, I know I have some archived writing someplace. And I'm telling you, I have. I, I just have to find a place to publish them. I actually have seven miniature, like, short articles in the can. They are saved on my computer. About Cube. And it's okay. just it's just one of those things where I've been kind of – I worked furiously on them, you know, about a month or so back and wrote a bunch of them. Like I think five of them are 100% done. Two of them are just like need to be re-edited and kind of re-made sure that things make sense. But uh, one of – I'm hoping that, you know, now that the school year is officially over – no more. Oh, right, I, I I hope I don't ever have to stare at a Zoom call ever again. <laughs> uh, that um, you know that it's becomes a sometimes thing, not a multiple time a day thing. Um, that uh, and then, you know, once I get some a, a little bit of breathing room, I can find a place to get those to to release those into the wild and 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 have people call me crazy uh a crazy old guy so uh looking forward to that so hopefully uh those will be coming out soon so keep an eye out for that i'm sure i'll talk about it uh and i'm sure usman will will uh signal boost as well you know so people can yeah. uh, come and have a discussion of q because let's be honest we uh we do this because we love magic and uh we want to talk more about it and do more about it and I'm tired of not playing in person. I want to play with my cards. So and talk about yeah. it and, and yell about magic and yell about Sol Ring at GPs and all that, all that good stuff again. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to uh, hang out in person sometime again soon. That would be awesome. I was about to say, that'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Well then, now that we uh, have all that wrapped up, I, I think there's only one thing left to do. That is true. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Modern Horizons 2. It has everything. Yeah, including uh, this creature. Yes, including, uh, In- including DRC. There we go. Including DRC, including uh, all kinds of border craziness and and sketching and and foil treatments and a and a and a Dakin Blackblade of some sort and a and and Richard Kane Ferguson art and Drew all, Tucker and Drew Tucker artwork and uh, crazy uh, new uh, evoke elementals that do nutty things when they come into play like. You know, make people discard cards or put cards on the bottom. Whew. Good yeah. stuff. It's it has everything. Has everything. It has everything. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, well, hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Work our way towards that rare instead of mythic. <laughs> oh, get there. Thanks, everybody. See you. Down. So.